On today's episode, we discuss Thursday night football, NFL Sunday week six, this and much, much more. Time to sideline the agenda. Welcome to Sideline the Agenda. My name is Scott. With me is Kevin and Chris. Welcome to the show that sidelines the talking points of the corporate sports media. We give you our opinions unapologetically. Nothing is out of bounds and every subject is fair game. Coming up, NFL Sunday week six. We have our picks. And should the Rams pay OBJ? But first, we would like to invite you to join our agenda to sideline the agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your podcast entertainment. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right. Thursday night football happened yesterday. My goodness, it was a classic. Classic as in how those Thursday night football games seem to go now. Uh, we uh, uh, well, we we'll get to that in a bit. Total actually. snooze. Yeah, fest. it was a snooze yeah. fest. It was a complete snooze fest, and 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 we'll talk talk about that. But first, actually, I wanted to uh, open the show um, with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. He's uh, fallen back into the news as as he tends to find himself. <laughs> he does as he tends to make a point to get himself back in the news. That is uh, with a tweet. He tweeted, "LA knows where I wanted to to be, but they didn't offer me." anything so idk aka i don't know what people want me to do i def know my worth and what the offer was isn't reflect isn't reflective of that so it's tough to say that i can come back on even though i thought i finally found that home that's well i've just read it verbatim <laughs> so obj thought uh, that the uh, there apparently was a contract offered by the Los Angeles Rams, and um, it did not reflect his worth. And Coach Sean McVay indicated uh, that uh, he didn't think that that would be the team's final offer. So all of this said, apparently the Los Angeles Rams have extended an offer to OBJ. And I wonder to myself, are they stupid? I mean, they, they have a practice squad for an offensive line. Why would they offer OBJ anything at this point? I mean, if, if Stafford has no time to pass the football, what's the return on the investment here having OBJ, right? Like, if you, if you have a quarterback that doesn't have time to throw the ball, you, you can just, you know, you, you could have all the greatest wide receivers in the world on one squad, and, and it, it's still no good. Like, what are they thinking here? Yeah, the uh, so they've had some talks in the offseason, and you're not going to offer a guy that just blew his ACL out pretty much anything because he's not going to be able to play for you until bare minimum, like November, early to mid-November would be kind of like a miraculous return. So you're not really going to offer the guy anything. So he wants to be a Ram. That's pretty much obvious. I think everybody knows it. He, he really found a home with that system. Yeah, everybody loved him. They won a Super Bowl, so why wouldn't you love him? But to your point, yeah, if you don't have a line, you know, are you really even going to be able to get him the ball? Um, but it, it was it was kind of funny because he's out there kind of taking his negotiating uh, leverage away by basically saying he wants to be on the Rams. So that doesn't give them much incentive to really kind of 
you know, weed through their, their salary cap to find some extra money for him. Um, and then McVeigh's like, oh, well, well, hold, don't hold on. We, we haven't made our final offer yet. So then he kind of gave the leverage right back. Yeah, I'm, so I'm sure I think they, they loved they that. Both, they both want each other. I think that's pretty obvious. Um, it's just how much is that number going to be? Is it going to be too much for the Rams? Is it going to be too little for OBJ? Are they going to come to some kind of arrangement? Because this is only going to be for a short, you know, maybe half the season if you're if you're lucky. So it's, it's a half the season, and he's still going to be playing himself back into shape. So you're kind of hoping to repeat what you did last year where he, he takes a few weeks to kind of get going. And then by the time the playoffs come, if you're lucky enough to be in a position to make the playoffs with your current line, it doesn't look like it. Uh, but if you did, then maybe you can you can make some noise because by then you're really counting on your team getting healthy and your your offense really kind of get into a rhythm. So you would have, you know, Van Jefferson back healthy. You'd have OBJ out there. You'd have Cooper Cup. You'd have... Allen Robinson, who so far has sucked, but maybe as like a, a third, fourth receiver, he could be great. Uh, of course, Higby. And and the Rams are really hoping that after the uh, bye week that they've got coming up in, not this Sunday, but the following, uh, that they can get a couple of these linemen back and, and maybe get some momentum going. So I, I think the Rams definitely want him because, you know, he is a great receiver and even if you don't have a line, at least it gives you another weapon to where maybe they're not going to bring as many blitzes. I know they're getting to Stafford with four, um, and and they don't have to blitz as much, but teams are still blitzing them just to, to get them out, I mean, even quicker. So if you got OBJ out there, maybe you're not going to blitz, and maybe that gives Stafford that extra split second because, I mean, Robinson has been a complete zero. It's either Cup and maybe Higby or it's Bust. So if you got one other guy out there, maybe he can he can get less doubles on cup or he'll have another option. So it doesn't hurt to have another option out there, but whatever that's going to cost them, I think is going to be the big thing. Um, the Rams have been successful at finding ways to to pull money out of their rear to, to sign these guys. So uh, I, I think it'll probably end up getting done. If I was Odell Beckham, I would kind of wait and really see once he's really healthy and he's he's about ready to go, see what the Rams are looking like. If they're looking like their offensive line is a little better, they got Jefferson back, you know, maybe you come back and you, you try to make a run. Um, if not, if they're still looking decimated and their offense is just looking terrible, especially if, God forbid, Stafford got hurt, I'd be looking at really only two other teams. I'd be looking at the Bills or the Chiefs. Um, I know the Packers have shown interest. Uh, I don't think I would go that route if I was him. Um, but it, it's just him getting some headlines, getting some attention, because he's trying to up his price. Uh, but I think this is kind of the the, the dance they've been doing all offseason where they both kind of know that they that's where they both want to be. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It's just going to be what is that dollar sign going to be. Yeah. Yeah, true enough. I mean, I think the Rams, this is a no-brainer for the Rams. They need a third option for sure. El, um, uh, Odell Beckham, he, he he really fits that narrative. Obviously, he produced last year. You know, seemingly it worked for him. And this is, a you know, uh, an arrangement between Stafford and um, Odell Beckham. I mean, I don't think that they're going to have to find anything new there. You know, that they seem like they have um, some good chemistry already. However, I agree with you, Chris. The dollar sign is really what counts. And supply and demand. 
Odell, he's not a dumb person. You know, he sees what's going on with the Rams. Yeah. And he needs he knows that they need him. And yep. so and this is his time where He's gonna ask for the top top dollar, and yeah. you know I can't blame him. I just I can't. I, but I, but I but I see see I don't see it this way personally. I I, I this is hence my confusion. Why if if I'm a manager of or head coach or, or running a squad, and I have a a O line literally dissolve like sand. I, I I understand what having an OBJ as a, as a whiteout can can help open things up a little bit, alleviate a little bit of pressure, but it's just like it's wishful thinking, hoping that I think I'd rather spend some money in regards to getting beefing up my O line or making some moves and some trades to to do that for first because I mean you, you have the worst rushing game in the league. Uh, you know, again, we've we've we all have our issues with Acres. We have our issues with with how they've been their play calling. But but still, I'd like to believe that some of that lack of success has to do with the offensive line. So if you can't if you can't get your running game going, you can't get your passing game going, and you can't get any of that going if you don't have a way to protect or push uh, uh, at the, at the line. So I mean, it's yeah. To me, it's a uh, I don't know. I think I'd be trying to, to 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 make improve that house first before I would even be thinking about an OBJ. Yeah, I'm sure the Rams are probably going to be looking at that. Um, I know Brian Allen should be back after the the buy. Um, they, uh, the other guy, Corbett, uh, he might've been like three weeks or so with a, a sprained ankle. So some of their guys should be coming back within the next two, three weeks. And I don't know. I, I think they're hoping that by then, you know, Van Jefferson should be back. And then maybe a few weeks after that, they could bring in an OBJ and maybe they'll get on a roll. But I, I agree. I think they still need one more good lineman. Cause even when they were healthy, they weren't all that great. Right. So that's it kind of depends on, right. on, on what the market is out there. If there's anyone available, if there's any kind of guy that's, uh, you know, not starting right now, but it's still a good, good, uh, good solid backup that maybe they could bring into the starting role. So yeah, that, that's really going to be on less need in the front, front office. They've, they pulled out some really great moves last year. You know, they've had several moves that some are, are home runs, some aren't. So I think they're definitely going to look at that. And I still think that they should look into uh, increasing the, the strength of that defensive line um, as well because they're they're not what they were. They're not getting as much pressure. Floyd has been kind of a no-show. Their, their pass run defense, it's, it's just okay, but it, it's not that great either. I think they need a little more depth. So I think they should try and get Sue, who's been out there. You know, no one's drafted him and or uh, signed him. And he was a Ram, so he's familiar with that. Uh, organization but yeah we'll see I'm, I'm sure the front office they've been aggressive before they'll they'll probably try to do something i just think with the weapon and a talent like obj out there it's kind of hard to pass them because even if this season is kind of a wash at least you've got them and then you can take the next coming off season to really try and sure up the o-line but i know there's only so much money to go around so that kind of hamstrings you there too yeah, I mean it's all about return on investment um, for sure, uh, and uh, yeah, I mean one if anything, uh, OBJ will help you sell tickets. Uh, then, but uh, you know, I, I feel like if you pay him handsomely, then you're kind of like admitting that uh, you, you're you're uh, the the season is uh, maybe maybe a bit of a wash. Not 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 sure. But. Yeah, but I mean, could you imagine if he if he the Rams can't offer him much, and he did go to like Buffalo or he went to Kansas City. I mean, that would just be 
Wow. That would be yeah, crazy for enough. those those teams. Fair enough. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, Thursday night football. Uh, the Washington Commanders uh, last night took on the Chicago Bears, uh, and they won that game. It was a squeaker, a 12-17, 12-7, excuse me, uh, big, big high-scoring game, right, just as these uh, Thursday night football games <laughs> seem to, have, to be as late. But positive there was you know there was touchdowns like that happened in the end zone opposed to uh the previous thursday night uh football game where there was something like what seven field goals uh uh, who was that the colts and the um (laughs) the broncos Broncos. yeah Yeah, so at least we had touchdowns so that's always always a positive chicago bears were sporting their orange helmets for the first time in chicago bears history and they were looking like orange Juliuses out there or uh uh, I don't know. <laughs> they just it did not look right. You know, at first I had to no, do a double take when I kicked the game on. I'm like, who the hell is this playing? Um, so, yeah, Carson Wentz is now 7-0 on Thursday night. He apparently loves to play on Thursday. Um, what did you guys think of this game? I thought it was just a bunch of trash, you know, piled upon trash, uh, doused in lighter fluid and lit on fire. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty bad. Um you asked Ron Rivera what was wrong with this game. He go quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I in the first half when the running back broke off that long run, I was like, all right, all right, we're gonna get a touchdown. And then he just totally ran out of gas, and they, the defensive lineman ran him down and tackled him. And then they ended up not scoring a touchdown. I was like, oh my gosh, here we go again. We're not gonna get any touchdowns again. Oh man, but they were and sure so enough. The whole first half, no touchdown, <laughs> yeah. and then we finally got one in the third quarter. So. Yeah, it was it was kind of what we predicted. It was going to be a snoozer. It was going to be kind of like who sucks less, and I guess Wentz sucks a little bit less than uh, Fields does. But they really try to they hype Fields up. I I don't get it. I I've never seen it. Kim coming out of college, I didn't see it, and I still don't see it now. He had a couple good runs, and to Scott, your point last episode, you're talking about. If uh, Bears are going to win, Fields is going to need to run and run and run and run and some just more. keep on running. <laughs> yeah, and he almost won in the game there at the end with that big run. Well, that was the and th- they had the <laughs> that was the crazy thing too that was driving me a little nuts is uh, again the 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 media is just still they they can't let go of Justin Fields in regards to trying to push him as this like potential elite quarterback or he's just on the cusp of of breaking through. Right. You know? I don't see it the whole time they're saying well the coach of the Bears he really needs to play to Justin Fields uh, 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 his his uh, ability and his, his, strengths, his yeah. strengths and and it's like you mean run the the ball like again that is a it's 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 an auxiliary strength that a quarterback has for sure it's like a Lamar Jackson you know his 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 legs you know open so much stuff up but he still has the arm uh Justin Fields right. just doesn't have the, the accuracy at all to speak of and so when your only move is to run the ball like that's not like you that's not something that you coach to that's not a strength you coach to unless you're having another individual who who receives the snap and hands it to Justin Fields. So, I mean, that's like they, they want him to be a running back. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this game was boring as hell. The Bears out there looking like Clemson, and honestly, I would have picked Clemson to beat the Bears from what I saw tonight. <laughs> College team would have would have dragged the floor with the Bears. The Bears, you guys stink, and you guys do it on purpose, or at least I, it looks like Justin Fields does it on purpose. He's out there, what is he, 14 for 27, can't even make, uh, barely making 50% of his throws. And, you know, Wentz, obviously, he's – He's terrible too, so this is hard to watch, guys. I think we were in halftime. It was what three zero. Um, you know, I, we, there was nine punts in total for the whole game. It's just it was another back and forth. Not as brutal as last week, I must say, but I probably paid less attention to this one as I did yeah. with last week. So, and that's probably my fault. But I was expecting, you know. A little bit, but a little bit more out of um, a younger team. It looks like, at least with the Bears, like they do have some potential there. That they're just not. I mean, let's, Justin Fields. He's just not. You're not good, dude. You just, yeah. Just kind of. You kind of. You're kind of weak out there. And I'm sorry, but the, did you guys see? And, and I, I know, you know, Pettis dropped a couple. You know, pretty uh, heartbreaking pass there at the end in the end zone, which could have potentially hit his hit him in his hands and could have grabbed it and got that game you know and then you also had one to Mooney which is seemingly supposedly his favorite target on the goal line could have had it could have got the game there and it didn't obviously go his way but did you guys see that little crybaby poo face Justin Fields put on <laughs> right after he saw that his wide receivers back to back drop the pass. And he gets on his knee, has his helmet off, and it looks like the guy's about to just cry. You know, I'm like, dude, this guy's a professional athlete, and you you wear that face off. You wear that face on the field, and then you go out there, you know, you sit on the sidelines because your time is done. You know you're gonna lose the game. Commanders are in victory formation, and you stay sitting down there on the bench while the game is over, and everyone's going to the middle of the field to say, you know, good game, congratulations. Your ass can't get up and meet Carson Wentz in the middle of the field and say, hey, you know, good game, get you next time. That's what a real mature professional does. And that shows me everything I need to know about Mr. Fields out there. I'm sorry, you got to change your act, or I just don't think I see any progress in the future for you, man. But, but and it is what it but is. But of course he acts like a child because he's coddled like a child. I mean, again, what we were just talking about, it's like it's like the, it's like football moms uh, uh, talking the entire time where it's like, well, the coach, he really needs to he really needs to call the offense that, that, that suits my son, Justin, a little bit better. You know what I mean? He's he, needs to play to, right. he needs to play to his strengths. Exactly. And so of course, when it really comes down to it, it's, it's all shucks or pours woe is me you know oh I didn't get the call uh, uh, that should have been a touchdown even though the, you know the, the wide receiver was clearly bobbling, bobbling the ball at the line and it just I get you Kevin you're absolutely right but of course what do we expect he's been he's been treated like a child for the last is, isn't this his third season um, third or so. fourth? I, I, I think can't it's his. Third, I yeah. think it's his second. Oh, it's his second. No, I thought it was his. Oh, I've, did he start as a rookie? Well, there you no, go. No, it's. He didn't start. No, because no, he was under uh, Mitch. They were Mitch starting Mr. Dalton. Yeah. Oh, Dalton. You're right. Dalton. You're right. Yeah. They were starting Dalton, and the media was just from game one. Oh God. One, yeah. Just relentless. Coddling you need to put the in kid. Fields. You need to put in fields. He's so great. You need to put in fields. You don't think and he hears that? And they finally relented. Yeah. Of course he does. And they finally relented and put him in, and they just he just sucks. You know, they sucked the rest of the year, and he's hasn't gotten any better. I'll give Jalen Hurts a lot of credit because 
he kind of had similar situation, but he's actually gotten a lot better. Yeah, but I haven't heard yeah, the coddling. Fields, I haven't it? heard the childish coddling like I have. I mean, they cut to, to Justin Fields when he's got his eyes closed. Like, oh, he's studying meditation. Med- meditation. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's studying he's meditation. <laughs> Look at how wonderful it is. He's sitting there and he's breathing. Oh, he's breathing. He's counting he's in four his seconds. For six seconds. He's counting in six seconds. <laughs> he's breathing out. <laughs> oh, what a great talent he is. He's so wonderful. And we all know why really- this is. I mean, like, but but it's just. Uh, it's just so frustrating to me because again you can look at and meanwhile on the other end of the field you have you have a Ron R- Rivera like actively dumping on his quarterback and everybody's like Carson Wentz it's terrible and blah 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 but it's like there is literally no difference from Carson Wentz and Justin Fields other than as far as the productivity of that night other than right. the fact that just or Carson Wentz excuse me can't just actively run uh, uh, at a whim but he he can pass the ball and so why why aren't they going well ron very he really needs to you know realign his offense to uh, you know answer to the strengths of uh uh, carson wentz you know like it just is oh man it's it's just a different standard Carson yeah. Wentz, congratulations! I'm so glad you won after Juan Rivera made those remarks. <laughs> right, you right. know, speaking of which, yeah, it just uh, real while I was quick, watching this game. Go ahead, real quick. I was just gonna say, uh, speaking of Ron Rivera, who did make those remarks uh, previously when they asked him about uh, what was what's the the issue that why are they a one in four team, and his one answer uh, response was quarterback. Well, tonight, apparent or last night, excuse me, uh, apparently he got pretty fired up when a reporter um, uh, uh, said that uh, Dan Snyder uh, was the one that picked Carson Wentz. They've played their asses off. They have. they played their asses off for everybody. They come out and they show up. They work hard. All right? They don't complain. Okay? They hear all this stuff and they got to deal with it. I get that. I respect them for it because they're resilient. They come out. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I don't want anything to do with Carson. Well, bullshit. I'm the fucking guy that pulled out the sheets of paper, that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the freaking, when we were in Indianapolis, okay? And that's what pisses me off. Because the young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. <laughs> so, it's funny, maybe he's feeling a little bad about those previous comments that he made, and now that everybody, he's, he's the one who created this uh, this uh, this agenda, this storyline, yeah. um, and, uh, uh, you know, made him, uh, Carson Wentz, the scapegoat, and uh, maybe he's not liking uh, uh, the, the, backfire. The, the narrative that Doesn't he's, like the, he's backlash, the one that's thrown yeah. out there, exactly, in the backlash that's followed. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. Well, I mean... It, at least he's doing that much, I guess. Um, uh, he a little too late. <laughs> take responsibility. Yeah, yeah. You can never throw any of your players under the bus like that. I mean, you got Carson but, Wentz, who's uh, seven zero on uh, Thursday nights, and he's now a four zero, I think, against the, uh, the 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 Chicago Bears. <laughs> yeah, he owns Thursday. No, I was just I was just thinking while I was watching this game because it was it was both sides. The quarterbacks were bad, and then also the receivers were bad. We saw really bad drops on both sides, um, and I'm just like man, Tom Brady, I, he must be onto something because it just seems like this year for whatever reason, in particular, there's just a lot of bad football going on. There's a lot of bad quarterback play. There's a lot of bad like not being able to get through your progressions and make simple reads and throws. Uh, a lot of drops, a lot of blown coverages and assignments. You know, that's going to happen during games, but it seems like it's a lot more consistent. A lot of you know, games that are 
are very low scoring. The offenses are not looking very good. And it's just making me wonder why. I mean, I think that this might be kind of a a, a syndrome or a, a side effect of the whole McVay thing because all these teams are trying to get younger as far as the coaching goes. And they're, they're all trying to run, you know, because NFL is a copycat league. They're all trying to run these similar schemes. And I think that it works for some, but it's really not working for a lot of other teams and a lot of other players and personnel. And it's producing a bad product. So I think McVay should have been kind of the exception, but now he's like the rule. All the teams are going out trying to get these young guys and these young coordinators. And the, I don't think they're ready. And they're not coaching right. up these players because they're not too much older, so maybe the respect isn't there. They're from a different generation to where they're trying to be buddy-buddy with these guys instead of coaching them up and, and teaching them the fundamentals and instilling the um, you know, the work ethic and the attention to detail that you would get mostly tend to get from the, the older generation. So it, I think it's, it's coming back to bite the NFL in the butt, and they, they really got a lot of success early on uh, from the first few years of McVeigh and some of his, you know, guys that have come off his tree, if you will, that they've had some success, but more and more the league is going this route. It's getting worse, and I don't think the league needs to uh, kind of take a look at this, and they need to kind of reverse course here if yeah, it continues this way. They they definitely do. Um, so let's take a wrap on a Thursday night football. Uh, one other area where Carson Wentz and um, Justin Fields are uh, evenly matched is uh, uh, t- taking the most sacks this season. Both of them stand at 23. But let's move on to a week six as we uh, move forward to this Sunday. But first, we would like to invite you to join our Agenda to Sideline the Agenda by subscribing to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. And go ahead and give us a five-star rating and tell your friends about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Sideline Agenda. Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game. All right. NFL Week 6. We've got our picks, don't we? (laughs) There's going to be some good ones, actually. I'm really looking forward to some of these games. Um, But first, why don't we start with the San Francisco 49ers uh, traveling to Atlanta to take on the Atlanta Falcons. And they will be traveling to Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta for the first time ever, actually, which is kind of interesting. Wow. Uh, San Francisco's defense has uh, at least one sack. Um, in 32 straight games, it's the longest active streak in the NFL, you know, speaking to their great defense. Uh, Falcon, Falcons uh, defensive line, uh, Grady Jarrett, leads the Falcons with three and a half sacks. He's one sack away from being tied for seventh on Atlanta's all-time sack list, except no thanks to uh, the, the league's officiating last week and uh, Tom, Tom Brady. Um, you know, for myself, of course, <laughs> I, I, I think that is San Francisco goes into Atlanta and they still pull this one out um, and, and they beat the Atlanta Falcons, especially with their, their uh, big-time defense. Um, it should be a close one, though. I don't know. What are you guys thinking about this matchup? Yeah, I think uh, 49ers definitely control this game. They're going to, you know, stuff the run, which they do really well, put pressure on Mariota, and he's going to have to beat them from the pocket, which I don't think he's capable of doing, unless Garoppolo goes out there and just throws a lot of picks or something like that, some costly turnovers. Frisco should definitely take this one. Yeah, Frisco's favored by five and a half. 
And I'm inclined to go with Frisco on this one. I don't see an answer for Kittle. I don't see an answer you know, for Debo. And so Frisco should take this one, no problem. All right, well, let's uh, move on to uh, Minnesota taking on the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Minnesota's 4-1. and one. How about that? How about that? Justin Jefferson is the current NFL leader in receiving yards for the Vikings at uh, 547 yards. And Miami's... Lost two in a row since starting 3-0. Both Tua Tagovailoa and Teddy Bridgewater are supposed to be out. So it's up to Skyler. What's his name? <laughs> Actually, what is his last name? <laughs> um, um, we were saying Skyler uh, sounds like such a such a fake uh, uh, quarterback name. But he's the one who's going to get the start uh, for the Dolphins. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but I think Minnesota is going to be 5-1. and one after this matchup. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, if they had two out there, you know, Miami would be the choice. But with this one, I'm going to stick with, like you said, can't believe you're saying this, but Kirk Cousins on the road to go 5-1. Yeah, I agree with you guys as well. Uh, sticking with Cousins, which is surprising, and I can't believe he would be 5-1. You know, part of me is just like, you know what, Kirk is going to choke. <laughs> He's going to find a way to cop this game up. I'm just going to go with the Vikings, though. It's our initial thought anyway, so I'm going to ride with that. All right, all right. And uh, Skylar Thompson is the uh, name of the quarterback who will be uh, taking the snaps for Miami. All right, let's go ahead and move on to Green Bay, who's going to be taking on the uh, New York Jets. Last week they were playing a team from New York as well, the Giants in Mario London. Uh, and so uh, this time they're going to be taking on the New York Jets. Isn't that fun and interesting? Uh, the Jets are undefeated on the road this season, believe it or not. And uh, Green Bay, they have won three in a row versus the Jets. Ah, uh, does the discount double check Aaron Rodgers bounce back from his loss last week and uh, at least go uh, one and one against the New York teams? Yeah, the Jets have proven me wrong a couple times, but I don't think they're going to do it this time. I, I would for sure pick uh, the Packers to pull this one out. But if the Jets end up winning this one, maybe they'll start to make me a little bit of a believer, but I don't think they're there yet. Good luck, Jets. Not going to happen. The Packers <laughs> are going to beat you guys, man. This is a bounce back win uh, for the Packers. Um, I'm, going, I'm picking the Packers. There should be no reason why the Jets go in there and, and beat Green Bay. Not at all. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, no reason. Who knows? Uh, we'll see. But uh, I wasn't expecting the Giants to beat uh, the Packers either. But I, I tend to agree with yeah. you guys. I, I think that uh, Aaron Rodgers bounces back with this one and, and takes away the W. All right, Baltimore Ravens, speaking of those New York Giants, will take on the New York Giants. Lamar Jackson leads all quarterbacks in rushing yards. Probably not a big surprise there. 374, if you were wondering. And tops all players in average yards per rush at 7.6 and of course the Giants they have themselves a guy who can run as well Saquon Barkley ranks number one in the NFL in scrimmage yards at 676 the Giants are off to their best start since 2009 the Ravens are 2-0 on the road this year I expect them to go 3-0 and and take this one I've got the Ravens yeah, this is another game where it's like, is this New York team going, you know, they keep proving me wrong, but I still am not a believer in them yet. But if they win this one, maybe I'll start believing in them, but I'm going with the Ravens. I'm um, going with the Giants. 
it's not. Um, the only reason I'd go with the Giants is if they came in and actually had a powerful run game and they established the run early. That would be the only way the Giants have a shot at this one. Don't see them doing that. The Baltimore, de- uh, I, I will say the Baltimore up front at least seem to be pretty good. The secondary is, is very suspect. Picking the Ravens, especially... Uh, Oh, no, this is in New York, but, yeah, I'm still picking the Ravens. <laughs> well, that, <laughs> that sounds like yeah. you you thought that one through, Kevin. <laughs> but, no, it's uh, – but uh, we're, we're all, we're all uh, uh, universal in this. But, again, uh, we're talking about teams that don't sound like they're a four-in-one team, the New York Giants, yeah. they are that team as well, just uh, along, along with the Minnesota Vikings. So, this – you know what? This one could be a sleeper. You never know. All right. Right, let's move on. Pittsburgh Steelers are hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are three and two, while the Pittsburgh Steelers are one and four. And Tom Brady has fifty-six career games with three hundred and fifty-plus passing yards, the second most all-time. Um, rookie Kenny Pickett had thirty-four completions and passed for three hundred and twenty-seven yards in his first ever start last week. It was a good showing. It was the most completions and passing yards in, in a single game ever by a Steelers rookie. Does do they come out? Do they do they upset the goat? Do they uh, do they win? Uh, does uh, uh, Mike Tomlin take the uh, the the black on black coach matchup that uh, ESPN and the media need, want to make such so a much. big deal out of? My goodness, uh, Todd Bowles, of course, is a blackhead coach as well. Um, probably not. I'm I'm going to pick Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, winning this one in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm I'm with you there. Uh, yeah, and credit to Todd Bowles for not really playing into it. He's just like, if you just don't talk about it, it won't be a deal, and we can just move on, you know. Absolutely. But uh, let's let's not go down that road right now. Um, uh, I don't know if Brady has really recovered from that vicious hit from last week with that rough in the passer call. I mean, he might be you know still limping around. He is an old <laughs> guy, you know. So I might go with the Steelers. No, I'm kidding. The Buccaneers defense is going to have a field day with with the rookie, and they're going to blow out the Steelers. Yeah, even Tom Brady came out and said that there's very little doubt that he's not going to win this game. So <laughs> I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I got the Bucks getting this game pretty easily. It should be a surprise if they go down, and that's probably something we won't be talking about next week. Well, if, if if God has a sense of humor, he will humble thyself. Humble thyself, Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it'd be great if they lost to the uh, to the Steelers. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, New England Patriots—they're going to take on uh, the Cleveland Browns. Bill Belichick's old squad. Of course, he was the head coach of the Browns from, or uh, was he the head coach? Yeah, he was the head coach. Right? Or did he just coach yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, ninety-one no, to ninety-five, coach. he was head coach. Yeah. And, uh, well, he has a chance to tie for second on the NFL's all-time win list. So he's got that that going for him. And, of course, uh, the Cleveland Browns, they've got that rushing running game, that old Nick Chubb going for them. He's got uh, 593 rushing yards and, and currently tops the NFL. Uh, I'm going with the Cleveland Browns with this one. I think that uh, even though Bill Belichick put on a bit of a coaching um, – uh, clinic in the sense that uh, he's he's down to his third string quarterback who, who's at Zapy. 
uh, and pulled out the win. Zippy, zappy, zappy, zippy, zippy. Pulled out, pulled out the win at home in Foxborough, but against the Detroit Lions. Um, is he able to uh, travel into Cleveland, his old stomping grounds, and walk away with the W? I'm tending to think not, but if anybody could do it, he could do it. But I'm taking the yeah. Browns. Yeah, I'm, I feel the same way. I don't think that uh, he'll be able to shut down uh, Chubb and uh, their other running back like he can shut down Jared Goff. Hunt. So I think the Browns should be able to put this one on, put this one away. Yeah, it should be pretty close, though. Might be a field goal game. Yeah, I agree with you guys, You know, especially on their third-string quarterback for the Patriots. Yeah, I'm picking the Browns on this one, and they should be able to pick this one up, and it uh, should be a surprise if the Patriots do come in there, and that actually might speak to the greatness of Bill Belichick, and we can talk about that if that yeah. happens next week. You know, say, hey, wow, they came in there, and unsurmountable odds, and they you know, surprise everyone. They beat the Browns, but at this moment, the Browns are favored, and that's for a reason. That run that run offense is is pretty good. They got a good tandem over there, Kareem Hunt and, uh, and Nick Chubb, so yeah, I'm picking the Browns. Uh, the Patriots are uh, plus two and a half. You mentioned the field goal, Chris. Um, does yeah. that change anything in regards to if you're playing the spread? Uh, uh, does that change uh, who, who you'd be picking? No, I, I think I'd still lean Browns because I think they should win by at least three, but they, they could win by somewhere between three and ten, I think. All right, well, let's move on to New Orleans, who's going to host the Cincinnati Bengals. Both teams are sitting at two and three. Uh, those old former LSU players, Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, are going to return to New Orleans. Chase and Burrow won the college football playoff national title as LSU teammates the last time they played inside the Saints' home stadium. Um Last week, Taysom Hill, he became the third player in NFL history to have at least 100 yards rushing, three rushing touchdowns, and a touchdown pass in a single game. Uh, this is one of those games that, uh, on paper, I suppose I want to say that the Bengals are going to win, but I actually think the Saints are going to pull this one out. Am I crazy? Saints do tend to play pretty well at home. Um, I think that it might be a little bit of fool's gold from last game because they're playing Seattle and their defense has been pretty bad. So I'm going to go with the Bengals because I think the Bengals' defense is, is pretty good. I don't think Taysom Hill is going to have a game like he had before. And uh, I, I think they're kind of finding their groove a little bit, even though they're just two and three. I'm going Bengals on this one. And because of the, the whole home, homecoming, Burrow and Chase are really going to want to put on a show. Yeah, I'm, I agree with you too, Chris. Burrow even said there's a lot of good memories and uh, they feel very comfortable where they're, where they're heading and going into New Orleans. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm picking the Bengals to get back in, in, this, in the winning column, or at least, sorry, 500, but at least they'll put themselves on – on track to start a uh, winning streak. Uh, I'm picking the Bengals on this one. All right. Well, let's uh, check out this AFC South division rivalry game between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Indianapolis Colts. Both of these teams actively had us confused, expecting um, yeah, expecting them to be better than they were. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he has thrown four touchdowns and zero interceptions in three career starts versus the Colts. Uh, but he hasn't been that great lately. Uh, the Jaguars shut out the Colts 24-0 to in Week 2. 
Colts uh, linebacker Zare Franklin is tied for the NFL lead in tackles at 54. Uh, Indianapolis averages the fewest points per game in the league at 13.8. God, if you asked me two weeks ago, I would have said Jacksonville, hands down, no questions asked. Now I'm not so confident with this one. Uh, Indianapolis Colts and the Jacksonville Jaguars, in my mind, are fairly evenly matched. Uh, Vegas, with the spread, has uh, Jacksonville plus two. Man, I don't know. I'm just going to go with my heart on this one, and I'm going to say Jacksonville goes into Indianapolis and walks away with the win. Yeah, it's like which team is going to show up. Is it the team that blew out the Chargers? Is it the team that only scored six points and, and lost last week against a team that most people thought they would win? Uh, yeah, I think that really is the question. I think the, the Jaguars' um, upside is much higher than the Colts, and if they play well, they should win. But they just ah, – Lawrence is just so inconsistent. It, it's tough to say. Um, I'm going to go with the Colts on this one, actually. They were my our, uh, my preseason pick to win the division. Uh, I think that they're going to play a little better than they have been. They're actually going to score some touchdowns. I'm going Colts, but it should be close. Flip a coin. Yeah, it's going to be close. <laughs> I mean, at this point, it's you're, you're literally looking at two mediocre quarterbacks and you just don't know. They're unpredictable, like you said, Chris. You know, you just don't know how they're going to come out and perform. You got, you know, Matty Ice in, at home, and we've seen that go up and down, and we've seen him just kind of make very bad plays. And then you have Trevor Lawrence, same thing. It's like th- we've seen bad plays. So the only thing we can do is really base all our predictions off of their surrounding players. Um, I think the Colts still do have a pretty good running core. Um, I think Taylor's still pretty good. Um, I don't see the same production out of the Jags run, and I don't see the same kind of defense um, on the Jags. I think the Colts have a little bit better defense. So, you know, they're fair by two. Uh, I'm still going with the Colts. All right, let's head to L.A. as the Los Angeles Rams, any team that needed a perceived break uh, and an opportunity for a W. It's that team. Uh, They're going to host the Carolina Panthers. Uh, Both teams are on a two-game losing streak. Steve Wilkes was named the Panthers interim head coach after the Panthers uh, cut ties and fired Matt Rule. Um, Aaron Donald registered two sacks last week, bringing his career total to 102. And Cooper Cup has four games with 100 plus receiving yards this season. I, of course, expect the L.A. Rams to win this game handedly. Uh, they should stomp Carolina Panthers for for what it's worth and definitely get the wonderful uh, Mayfield bump on the defense. Um, But if anybody is uh, capable of uh, shitting the bed, (laughs) it's the Los Angeles Rams. (laughs) If anybody can find a way, it's them. Um, But uh, they uh, definitely have the favor to win this game um, and are definitely favored when it comes to the spread. Uh, Carolina Panthers plus 10. I'm taking the Rams. Yeah, wow. Yeah, I'm I'm going Rams for sure as well. My Rams fandom makes me want to say, oh, this is going to be a you know the week where they kind of get get their groove back and they go out and score thirty plus points and Allen Robinson has a big game and and everything's looking great, but it just seems like man, this is going to be a 
an ugly game. It's going to be close. They're going to maybe just edge it out at the end of the game because Mayfield, for whatever reason, is going to have a great game. And <laughs> it's just, man, the Rams' offensive line is just so bad. You just you don't know. But I, I think the Rams should win comfortably. But that 10-point spread, I don't know if I'm taking that one. Yeah, uh, the Rams. Hopefully the Rams come out, take get a good victory, and then uh, Carolina can second-guess who they should have fired. Um, don't think <laughs> that they should be firing their head coach if their quarterback is playing the way that he's playing. Um, yeah, it, the Rams should take this guy pretty pretty easily, you know, they, they, as they are favored. Um, this is in L.A. This is one of these ones that you just build the confidence, start working on your offensive scheme, start working on some plays. Um, if you need to test some some personnel in certain positions, this is the game to do so. And and obviously, first and foremost, you know, get the win. That's most important. But this is yep. something that the Rams should come out feeling pretty good because they should dominate this game from the start to the finish without any problems. Yeah, got to get the win going into the bye. For sure. Feel good oh, about yeah. yourselves. Well, uh, let's stay with the uh, NFC West here. And in, in a quest to profess who's the best in the NFC West, we have the <laughs> Arizona Cardinals taking on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. Both teams sitting at 2-3. and three. Uh, The Cardinals are 2-0 and oh on the road entering week six. And Gino, the quarterback of Seattle, uh, the Seattle Seahawks, well, uh, Gino Smith, he ranks number one in the NFL, and uh, he is uh, he ranks number one in regards to passer rating and completion percentage. Um, Seattle uh, linebacker Jordan Brooks is tied for the NFL lead in tackles at 54. Kyler Murray, he has a uh, 96.8 passer rating in five starts against the Seahawks. So, uh, is he he feeling a little Seattle love uh, heading in uh, heading upstate? Uh, is he going to uh, uh, to walk away with a win here um, with that uh, second half uh, traditional second half Arizona Cardinals push? Um, I don't know. I I want to say the Cardinals are going to win this game, but what you got? I got Seattle. I'm crazy. Ooh. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> Gino has, <coughs> excuse me. Gino has been playing pretty impressive lately. I think this is going to kind of go as, kind of like as the script so far. So Seattle, they're going to get out to a lead. That that crowd is really going to kind of hold the Cardinals' offense down a little bit. But second half, their offense is going to come to life and they're come back and take it at the end. I'm going with the Cardinals. This is going to be a tough one, guys, because Rashad Penny's pretty much out for the season for the Seahawks. And then you have James Conner out with rib injury. So both star running backs pretty much gone for their team. So it's really going to come down to the quarterback play, as you mentioned, Scott. And, yeah, this is tough. This is another, you know, toss a coin. Um, I'm going to go with the Cardinals, though, however. Um, I think the Cardinals will, uh, will shock Seattle. But then again, you know who's who's who knows who knows what Gino's going to come out and do. Like as you said, he's putting up, un, you know, surprisingly very impressive numbers. Um, it's it's tough, but I'm going to go with the cards, and um, we'll see what happens. Cardinals minus two point five, two and a half, two and a half. I don't know. I I'm I, I, going with my gut. That's all it is. It's my woman's intuition, 
and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> All right, uh, let's uh, let's move on to uh, Kansas City Chiefs. They are going to host the four and one Buffalo Bills. Kansas City Chiefs, by the way, are uh, four and one as well. Um, well, we all remember the playoff overtime thriller that these two teams provided last season. This year, the Chiefs and Bills are the top two NFL teams in scoring. Uh, Buffalo Bills defense is tied for the first f- uh, f- uh, fewest points allowed per game. And uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen, uh, undoubtedly probably MVP candidates at the moment. Um, they have uh, each tossed four touchdowns in week five. Uh, this should be a good one. I hope that this isn't the one of those games where it's like, yeah, this is going to be like, you know, there's going to be, you know, 100 total points scored in this game. It's just going to be an offensive threat, and then it ends up being like a 9-3 field goal uh, uh, game. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think this is going to be highly entertaining, highly energetic. You know me, I, 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 I feel like the Kansas City Chiefs don't play as great at home. I don't know from a statistics standpoint if there's any truth in that. Um, it, but this is going to be a good match, man. This is a statement game on both sides. I'm, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I'm, 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 I'm going with them to win this one by six. That's my pick. Yeah, these teams, their their offenses are both pretty evenly matched. I think the biggest difference is the Bills' defense is great and the Chiefs' defense is not great. So I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. I think that they want this one more than the Chiefs want this one. The home field advantage will probably probably keep it close. You know, it, it should come down yeah, it should come down to the wire. I mean, I know last season when they faced each other in the regular season, the Bills really controlled that game, pretty much blew them out. Uh, so I'm hoping it's not one of those. But I think that the Bills, just because they want this one more and their defense is so much better, that they're going to be able to hold the Chiefs scoring down a little bit more than what the Chiefs defense can be able to hold the the Bills scoring down. So I think the Bills are actually going to take this one because yeah, the Chiefs for whatever reason at home it seems like they get out to start or to slow starts. On the yeah. road they seem to get their offense going much quicker, and at home they're able to make these massive comebacks. But against that Bills defense, I don't think they're going to be making those huge comebacks. I think this is it, guys. We're going to see an AFC showdown. Fireworks are going to be lit off. Who knows? These are two great teams. We're going to see them in the playoffs for sure, um, at least hopefully unless something happens major to one of these great quarterbacks. You're right, Scott. I agree with you 100%. These are two candidates that you know are being looked after for MVP candidate. Um, and, and potentially these are obviously – one of the greater offense in in the whole league. Um, it's kind of hard to go against the Bills. Um, they're rated number one in the whole league as for total offense. And then you're right too, Chris. I mean, the Bills defense, they're rated uh, number two in the whole league. So um, the Chiefs are obviously at number six, I believe. And yeah, their defense is 14 um, in, in, in an overall league. So, I mean, this comes down to the playmakers. Uh, you have Stefan Diggs on the Bills. You have uh, Travis Kelsey on the Chiefs. They're pretty much the, both their go-tos um, for, for each of these great quarterbacks. It's going to be a showdown. I do think we're going to get what we're anticipating. I do think that we're going to get a high-scoring game. Um, I don't think the Chiefs defense will have much of an answer for Josh Allen, at least on the ground. Um, in the air, we're going to hope for a lot of drop passes and missed throws. Um, maybe throw some blitzes his way, but he's might hurt the Chiefs on his legs, and that might be the, ultimately something that you know turns the game into the Bills' favor. 
However, the Chiefs are playing at home, guys. We've seen the Chiefs come back from deficits before. Um, we've seen them, their defense come together and, and actually surprisingly play pretty good for a portion of time when they need some stops. Um, the, the, my own biggest question mark with the Chiefs is how's that running game going to look? Because if you put you know Edwards Hilaire out there and if he's running the ball 17 times and only getting 15 yards, well, this is going to be a one-dimensional offense, and I think the Bills will, again, run away with this. So it really comes down to how efficient can that run game be for the for the Chiefs, open up some run pass, let Mahomes do his thing on, as he rolls out. He'll find his, his targets um, as long as he has the time. This is going to be a good one. Um, I'm definitely going to go with the Chiefs. I'm going to be rooting for the Chiefs all the way, and uh, hopefully they pull it out. If they don't, then you know the Bills are. I mean, the Bills are a great team. Um, only a team can lo- can learn from a loss if they lose to a you know just a better team. So again, this is going to be a win win for everyone. Um, n- not to say that you know that's probably the the worst way to look at it. You know, but of course you, you don't want to win the game. But if you lose, then you'll know how to beat them in the next you know, the next time you face them. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and also a huge X factor is the Chiefs field goal kicker. <laughs> yeah. they, their guy is still hurt, I believe. So hopefully, it doesn't get decided by some missed kicks or yeah, right or hit that, that fifty nine last last week. Though that was yeah. pretty. Impressive. Yeah, but, but he did yeah. struggle with the uh, extra point conversions, PATs, which was yeah. just you know that, that's <laughs> a good point. I I kind of forgotten about that. Yeah, well, that it'll be a good one uh, uh, for sure, um, and uh, we'll definitely be watching that game. All right, let's uh, head to the uh, NFC East and this divisional matchup between two undefeateds. Of course, I am speaking of the undefeated five and zero Philadelphia Eagles and the four and one Dallas Cowboys, who have themselves an undefeated quarterback in Cooper Rush. Uh, Jalen Hurts, he's produced his seventh career game with multiple rushing touchdowns last. Last week, which is tied for the second most ever by a quarterback and Cowboys quarterback Cooper Rush became fifth undrafted quarterback to win each of his first five career starts in the Super Bowl era. And also a side note is that the Cowboys defense, especially that front four is doing very well. Uh, The Cowboys 20 sacks going into week six ranks number two in the NFL. This should be great. This could be a sleeper. It is in Philadelphia. I expect the Philadelphia Eagles and Jalen Hurts to keep on rolling and win this game. Yeah, uh, this this is a tough one. We're really going to kind of see where these teams are at. Because, yeah, the Eagles, I don't think they faced a pass rush like the Cowboys yet. So has Hurts been under a lot of pressure yet? Um, we're really going to kind of see the development that he's made and, and if the Eagles are truly legit, because if he starts to crumble under pressure, you know, uh, that, that could be an issue going forward for them. So also we'll see, you know, have the Cowboys really found something with rush, uh, with the way that their offense is playing. Cause it's pretty much been their defense winning these games. Their offense kind of does just enough to win. Uh, but against the Eagles, it looks like they're going to have to score some points. So I think it's going to be pretty much what can the Cowboys defensive line do to, to really get after Hurts. Um, I just don't think they'll be able to do enough. I think the Eagles got too much talent with those, with those wide outs. They'll be able to get the ball out and Hurts is going to probably make some, do some damage with his legs. 
Uh, so yeah, I would definitely go with the Eagles on this one. I think this is kind of the perfect script for the Cowboys too, because they can have Rush go out there. You know, he gets his first loss. Now there's not as much controversy about, uh, you know, should Dak come back or not? Then they can go ahead and start Dak the following week. But if the Cowboys pull it out, you I think you got to leave him in. You got to keep Rush going in there until he loses at least. Uh, but yeah, should be a, should be exciting game. Definitely a big matchup. Really kind of see where both these teams are at. And I know Parsons for the Cowboys. He had that little. Seemed like a little groin pull. I don't know if that's going to be an issue at all. If it is, then you really like the Eagles' chances. But if he's good to go, it, it should be a should be a good matchup. Yeah, that that was a good call, Chris. I completely agree with that. If Parsons plays in this game, guys, he's he's an X factor. He's a he's a game changer, especially with you know someone who's still kind of learning at the, and and seen a lot of success, but still kind of learning his position with Jalen Hurts. Um, this is again another N- NFC showdown. This is the top in the league as far as you know uh, competition. You have the you know the Eagles is number uh, number two overall uh, in the whole league as far as the offense, and um, you know they also have a pretty good defense, rated at number four. Um, Dallas Cowboys obviously they're not in the top five, but they're pretty good, and, and um, so this is going to be a showdown. Um, yeah, this is this is a good one. You, I, I kind of. The Dallas Cowboys, provenly what we see so far is they play pretty well in those blue jerseys, guys. I'm just I'm kind of leaning towards the the Cowboys. I think if the if the defense can come off and, and put pressure on Jalen Hurts, and we haven't really seen that yet this far with you know this year of how he's going to react to that, and can Jalen Hurts adapt? To teams changing defenses, I mean, this is the, this is the team I believe will change the look on Jalen Hurts. Maybe do some spying, maybe do some corner blitzing, um, being very deceptive. And I think this defense can actually do that effectively because I think they're pretty solid. It's going to be a tough one for Jalen Hurts, but if they get through the Cowboys, um, we'll we'll know that you know this is this is definitely a force to be reckoned with in out of the NFC. With that being said. Got a rookie quarter on the Cowboys. Um, the defense from the Eagles, like I said, number four. I'm picking the Eagles. Well, one thing's for sure. Cooper Rush undefeated. Philadelphia Eagles undefeated. One of these entities is going to walk off the field uh, defeated for the first time. Yes. <laughs> Somebody's always got to go. That's right. Somebody's <laughs> always got to go, and we've got to go, but we want to thank you for joining Sideline the Agenda and listening to our little old podcast. Please be sure to be, to subscribe to said podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you enjoy your Apple or your podcast entertainment. Uh, and tell your friends about the show and subscribe to us on Twitter as well at Sideline Agenda. I'm Scott. That's Kevin. That's Chris. This has been Sideline the Agenda. Get off the sideline and into the game.